scripture this morning is from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. These are the words from Jesus. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, not feed and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. May the Lord bless the reading of his Holy Scriptures. <clears throat> this, this week, the National Air Controllers Association stated that there were 97,000 flights crossing the United States every single day. Billions of people fly all over the world every year. The Los Angeles Airport saw 49 million passengers last year. Every day, 1,500 planes take off from the L.A. airport. It's one about every 50 seconds. Everyone is going somewhere. Every plane at the airport has a destination. Every car on the road has a place to go. Someone is going to work. Someone is going on vacation. Someone is going to the mall. Some are going to war. Someone is going to school. Someone is going to visit family. Some are going home. Some are just going for a ride. But everyone is going somewhere. Some people want to be going where they're going. Some people don't. Some people are thrilled with the direction they're headed. Others are dreading where they're going. 
Some have, some have been where they've been before, but some are making the trip for the first time. The common factor is everyone is going somewhere. I want to talk to you today about where you are going. I want to talk to you for a few moments about eternal destinations. Ultimately, everyone is going somewhere. Do you know where you're going? Did you know that the Bible teaches us that there will be resurrections for both the righteous and the wicked? Daniel 12 says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Act 24 says, He will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus believed and taught that there are two eternal destinations. The parable of the sheep and the goats in our scripture is a good description of that. The time is coming when all the dead, John 5 says, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. Those who have followed Jesus will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil ways will rise to experience judgment. There is resurrection unto life. That's heaven. There's a, a, a resurrection unto judgment, and that's hell. Matthew 13 says there will be a fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Revelation 14 says they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night. Everyone is going somewhere. Where are you going? If I told you today that I'd buy you a ticket to anywhere in the world this afternoon, where would you pick? You know, when it comes to eternal destinations, you can pick where you want to go also. You need to decide where you want to go. But getting there will take more than just deciding where you want to go. I want to give you five things today that you need to know to, to help you to get where you want to go. First, you do have to decide where you want to go. God doesn't send anybody to hell. People choose it. It'll sing, though. Nobody arrives in heaven by accident. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 30 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your children might live. God gives us free will, and everybody's going somewhere. We get to decide where that's going to be. Have you decided where you want to go? But again, deciding where you want to go in itself doesn't get you there. Getting there will take more than deciding, I want to go somewhere. The second thing you need to do is to reserve a seat. When I was a partner in a consulting firm, I may have as many as eight consultants working in eight different companies all over the country. And sometimes in one week, I'd have to visit all eight of those companies. It could be from Charlotte to L.A. to Chicago. 
And the first thing I had to do was to decide which, uh, where I was going to go and that I had to reserve a seat to get there. I had to get a seat on the plane that took me to where I needed to go. I could declare all I wanted to, that I wanted to go to Los Angeles, but if I didn't reserve a seat on a plane, I wasn't going. You know people are reserving their seat on their flights to their destination every day. The question comes, how do you reserve your seat that leads to eternal life? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans 10 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. John 3:16. Everybody knows that. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. In contrast, a person reserves a seat that leads to eternal punishment by rejecting Jesus Christ. John 3.18 says, There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. John 3.36 says, Anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life but remains under God's angry judgment. Everyone's going somewhere. Where are you going? Have you reserved your seat? Third, <coughs> you have to pack accordingly. So you've decided where you want to go. you reserved your seat. Now it's time to pack. What do you mean, pack? It's time to plan ahead. It's time to get ready. It's time to prepare for that time you're going to spend in your eternal life. Example, I'm traveling again. If I'm going from Charlotte to L.A. to Chicago, I better pack clothes accordingly. If I go to L.A., it's going to be in the 80s and nice and warm today. If that same week I have to fly to Chicago, it might be 70 degrees cooler. I went there one time on January the 1st and stayed for three months. It snowed every single day and never got above 30 degrees. So you have to pack accordingly where you're going. A rich man once asked the Lord to let him take some position, possessions to heaven. The Lord finally allowed him to take one suitcase. The man decided to fill his suitcase with gold. When he got to the gate, Peter told him, you can't take that suitcase in heaven. He said, well, God told me I could bring one suitcase. Peter said, okay, but let me see what you got in there. He opened it up, saw the gold. He said, okay, you can go on into heaven, but I sure don't understand why you brought a suitcase of road pavement. <laughs> Your destination determines how you should pack. If you decided to make heaven your destination, you need to pack accordingly. You don't need to pack tissues. There's no crying in heaven. You don't need to pack Advil. There's no pain in heaven. You don't need to pack a snack. 
Revelation tells us those in heaven will neither hunger or thirst. You don't need to pack a hat. There's a crown waiting there for you. You don't have to uh, worry about any toiletries. Your body will be incorruptible when you arrive. You don't need to bring a flashlight. There's never night. God lights up the heaven. You don't need to bring a phone or your or your laptop. That's going to be hard for most of us. Isn't it? <laughs> heaven is a place to rest from our earthly labors. You don't need to bring any money. It's a nice tool on earth, but it doesn't mean much in heaven. I like what John MacArthur says about heaven. Now listen to this. If you think about, think about this. Scripture repeatedly makes clear that heaven is a realm of unsurpassed joy unlimited delights and unending pleasures. So what should you bring to heaven? Well, we're in luck. Jesus told us what to bring to heaven. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal them. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal them. You can only take to heaven what you've already sent there. You need to send it before you arrive. Everyone's going somewhere. What are you sending ahead to heaven before you get there? Okay, we decided where we're going. We reserved our seat. We packed accordingly. And now... We got to be on time. Back to my days of flying all over the country. If you wanted to make a flight, you can't afford to dilly dally. You can't mess around. You can't put off getting ready. The flight is leaving with or without you. You have to be on time. When it comes to where you spend eternity, your flight leaves either with you, either when you die or when Jesus comes back. That's the only two times. You're going to either die and go to heaven or hell, or you, when Jesus comes back. We don't know the specifics of either, but either of them can happen at any moment. Romans 13:11 says, Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. Luke tells us to be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from a wedding feast. Then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. In the book of Mark, Jesus tells us no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when the time will come, be on guard, stay alert. The, son, the coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. 
When he left home, he gave each of his employees instructions about the work he expected them to do while he was gone, and he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You, too, must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak, don't let him find you sleeping. When he arrives without warning, I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. Departure is certain. Time of departure is not. If you want to spend eternity in heaven, you have to stay ready for an on-time departure. Are you putting the kingdom of God first in your life? Are there areas of your life where you're willfully disobeying God, disobeying God? Is there unrepentant sin in your heart? Is there unforgiveness in your heart toward another? Everyone is going somewhere. My last point is you've got to board the right flight. If I'm not at the right gate, I will end up on the wrong flight and I will not end up at the right destination. There are two possible eternal destinations. One of them, there's a million ways to get there. The other one, there's only one. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 10 tells us, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus warned, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide. For many people choose that way. Isn't that true? But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few find it. You know, it's possible to think you're on the right flight and you aren't. You're headed in the wrong direction. I'll never forget how one of my consultants mistook a flight from, that he was trying to take from Oakland, California, well, from L.A. to Oakland, California. He assumed he was a, uh, boarding that flight 400 miles to the north. Instead, he got on a flight to Auckland, New Zealand, 12,000 miles to the southwest. Jesus said, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesize in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and we perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who broke God's law. As a pastor, and I know Rodney feels the same way, that we worry about those who assume themselves saved, and in actuality they're lost. If I didn't care for you, I wouldn't bring these points up to you today. And you can take what I say and agree or disagree about it, and it won't change how I feel about you. But we don't want to arrive in heaven one day and not have you around the throne of God. We'd like for everyone to be there.
We're going to preach. Rodney and I both are going to preach the entire truth of God. We're going to do it. One day, we will answer to God because of it. You say, what do you mean? You're going to answer for me. Well, we will be held accountable. If I knew you were on the wrong flight, headed to the wrong destination, and I didn't say something about it, I'm going to be held accountable for it. Ezekiel 33 says, When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm but ignored it, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Somewhere over the Pacific, the captain made an in-flight announcement, and all of a sudden my consultant realized he had made a terrible mistake. But it was too late. He was not going to be able to go where he was supposed to go. The question is, are you at the right gate? Are you certain you're on the right flight? 